Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of your Brains Coach Podcast. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm your host. I'm your Brains Coach and just someone whose job it is and who is super passionate and curious about sharing and bringing to you and learning all the brain body tools that come from all different branches of science, especially in your science and all the, you know, connected to that other sciences and uh, different uh, fields and protocols. So all of that, I'm so passionate to bring to you so you could optimize your brain through uh, your daily lifestyle, nutrition and workflow and self-talk. So you could do, feel, and look your absolute best. Your brain can has the keys to all of that, better looks, better mood, better motivation, better decisions, better actions, better habits. It's all in the brain. The thing about the brain is, as you know, as a listener of this podcast, that it is affected by everything that happens inside of you and outside of you. The beauty of being a human being is with knowledge, you can actually design what's outside of you and inside of you to some degree, of course. And mold and shape and design because of that your brain accordingly and what your brain does without of course consulting you so folks today is a five a bullet monday or maybe i got this too much of team Ferris in my head it is five things about the brain that I found to be very fascinating that happened over the course of the last couple of weeks, right? So some news, some discoveries, your neuroscience is just flourishing with all kinds of insights just because we now have new uh tools and machines and technology to measure things inside of our brain, um, how the brain works, right? We, we have the ability to have a sneak peek inside of our skull, so to speak, uh, with different technologies. And also we have now artificial intelligence that has the power to analyze so much data and give us answers, even without us posing questions. How cool is that? So that's why, you know, over the course of the next, I don't know, upcoming um, weeks and months and years, um, you're going to be hearing about more and more new things. You know, the only fear I personally have is that, first of all, um, reading everything and being aware of everything, it's not possible for any human being. And yes, we develop so much more. We create so much more knowledge, but putting that into practice lags more and more and more behind. So not only it's not common knowledge, what you're about to hear right now, but it's definitely not common practice. And so don't be surprised if you uh, tell other people something that you learn in this podcast and they look at you um, a little bit, you know, concerned, uh, sometimes even thinking you might be, um, you know, a nut. (laughs) But that's just because, again, most of what science comes up with these days at an accelerated pace. It's not just not common knowledge, it's um, for sure not common practice. And for most people, it's something they will not have a chance to put into practice in their life, even though um, based on all of the research, those things are very, very effective and practical. So I think the news that I was most excited about is this discovery of mind-body connection in our brain. 
So um, the article that I'm going to be um, giving you some readings from Mind-Body Connection is built into Brain, a neuroscience news, neuroscience And that's been just very, very recent development. So summary, brain areas that control movement are plugged into networks that orchestrate thinking and planning and control involuntary bodily functions, things like heart rate and blood pressure. The findings provide a link between the body and the quote-unquote mind in the brain's structure. So now mind-body connection is not just something you talk about or it kind of makes sense. It's something that is based on scientific research, on evidence. Our brain has these networks that uh, control our movement, but also plugged in into things like planning and decision-making. And at the same time, they also are plugged into uh, other systems that control things like heart rate or um, blood pressure, right? Things that prepare us to um, help us go after things, be ready for action. So when the takeaway for you folks, the way you move affects the way you think and plan and make decisions. And it goes the other way around too. The way you plan, you make decisions, what you think affects the way your body works. So if you feel in your body, for example, that you're not energized, that you are kind of low on energy, kind of lazy, Think differently. Look at, watch videos of some athletes. Start planning, I don't know, your workouts or getting fit or think about something exciting that you want to deliver into this world. And it will change your bodily functions that you usually don't really have control of, like your heart rate. It will change how your cells produce energy. It will change everything that is physically happening in your body at that exact moment. How powerful is that? But then also, if you have lousy thoughts and you're like, oh, it doesn't work, I don't want to do it, why do I have to do it? Move. And that will also change your thinking. So that's what's so powerful about that. And that's why I'm so pumped about it. So mind-body connection is not just some concept, it's a physical reality. And your brain is the connection center. So how cool is that again? Um, a couple of things about food. So, kombucha to kimchi. Which fermented foods are best for your brain? Um, that's been published on April 13th, Science News. So, summary. The consumption of fermented products is on the rise, and drinks like kombucha and kefir have gone viral in their popularity. But is there more to this consumers searching for natural and healthy foods. Is there more than just, you know, consumers searching for, for things as usual? And as um, uh, preliminary data shows, there is more to that than that. Uh, consuming almost all of the naturally fermented foods improved brain function, specifically mood. Um, so how does it happen again? Uh, fermented foods are a source of tryptophan, an amino acid key to the production of serotonin, a messenger in the brain which influences several aspects of brain function, including mood. Also, by the way, serotonin is made into melatonin. It affects your sleep. It affects your libido. It affects your appetite. It affects your cravings. It affects, it affects your digestion. And so... <clears throat> 
Uh, no wonder, you know, when something positively affects that powerful molecule that is in charge in so many things, uh, people get improvements in their mood, in their yeah, libido, and fermented foods uh, work the best for that through that gut-brain connection, gut-brain access that we have physically present in our body. And it seems that it doesn't matter what kind of naturally fermented foods you're you consume sugar-based or vegetable-based, uh, it still has this positive effect. And the thing about, you know, some people say, well, if there is added sugar, there's probably no benefit. Well, not true, because when you ferment foods with sugar, the bacteria that are present eat that sugar fermented, transmuted uh, into different compounds, right? Um, so, if you like your, you know, kefirs, kombuchas, whatever those from naturally fermented foods are, go for them and your mood gonna get so much better. Um, I personally eat fermented foods in a form, in a form of yogurt every single day. Now that uh, I'm in Cape Town, South Africa, I'm, and they have more variety here. I might look into things like sauerkraut or some fermented vegetables. Um, probably over the course of this weekend, I'm gonna go out there and see, you know, this weekend I went to a supplement store and I'm like, oh my God, so much variety compared to Brazil and Mexico. And the prices are amazing. I'm like, this is heaven. <laughs> you know, um, passionate nutritionist in me was very happy about that. But yeah, back to kombucha and kimchi and fermented vegetables like sauerkraut. Uh, well, kimchi is also fermented vegetables. But yeah, eat them up and your good mood will get a boost. Uh, another one about foods. That's nuts. Eating walnuts regularly improves cognitive development and Psychological Maturation in Teens. So summary, and that was published in Neuroscience um, News on the website neuroscience.com. Summary, teens who added walnuts to their diet for 100 days showed improvements in attention function. And for those with ADHD, frequent walnut consumption was associated with improvements in behavior. Researchers also noted in an increase in fluid intelligence in those who frequently consumed walnuts as part of their daily diet. So how the study was done is that they gave those participants, teenagers, uh, for 100 days, a handful, 30 grams of walnuts, and they um, noticed those improvements compared to control group, right? Attention function and um, HDHD uh, improved and uh, also fluid intelligence. I personally have been eating walnuts every single day. You know, if there is one nut I always leave in my diet, it's walnuts. And for that reason, it has special compounds, not just omega-3 fatty acids, um, also omega-6 that are actually also essential, but then there are also antioxidants and different um, plant compounds that affect our brain function in a very, very positive way. And I eat my walnuts for breakfast because in the morning I want to be the most focused and productive and intelligent self. This is my peak of the day when I produce most of the content. I produce stuff for my clients. I do a lot of um, idea generation. I do my writing. I do a lot of things in the morning. And that's when walnuts need it um, the most. So eat your walnuts. That's the news, folks. You know, um, when you read about brain foods, they always mention walnuts. And there is a reason for that. And now you know, there is more research coming out that actually shows in research that walnuts, 
walnuts a regular consumption, not eating walnuts one once and then, you know, forgetting about that, not eating them every day, what produces this brain-enhancing intelligence, enhancing effect, especially if you struggle with ADHD. Um, that usually has to do with struggling with focus and impulsivity and uh, lack of motivation and just not being motivated for a lot of different things. Right? So this is ADHD. A lot of people also might have mood swings. And um, so this is, these are usually the symptoms of ADHD and having troubles you know, accomplishing tasks or being forgetful. So that also associated with ADHD. So walnuts uh, will help. And a couple of more. Quitting. This is more of a psychological concept, but something that you can apply to your life. Just, you know, think about that and think where this, you know, strategy might be maladaptive, meaning working not for you, but against you. So quitting is a wildly underrated life strategy. Here is why. So Nero's big thing, that is the publication that it came out in, where they publish different, um, you know, scientific research and really great articles based on um, either, you know, recent research or analysis of prior research. So this piece about quitting, it's an article, was um, analysis of animal behavior and then applicable to human life. Um, and they talk about how quitting is usually frowned upon. Like you don't quit, you know, you stick with it until you get it done. Well, in nature, that actually doesn't work that way. If a plant or, or if, you know, a bird, an animal will pursue a goal that doesn't bring the rewards fast enough, you have to overextend your resources. Well, there's going to be a bigger danger that you die. If, for example, an animal, or they were talking about specific birds that were getting um, some nutrition from plants. If this bird pursues plants that will bring less reward in terms of foods and calories, so the bird might overextend her energy resources and eventually die. Now, a smart bird will quit if something is too difficult without uh sure return on investment. So how it is applicable to human life? Quitting is a smart strategy as well. Quitting at the right time when you see that rewards are not coming. And instead of overextending your resources that are also limited, you might pivot and invest that into something else that will bring you, for example, financial rewards. As an entrepreneur, how I can relate to that? I should try many ideas, but only for that long. If I design an experiment and I set the end date, and if by that end date, date nothing happens and I don't succeed, then I need to pivot and quit. And the trick here is to define that quitting point before, because we also have this fallacy of our brain. When we invest more into something, we don't want to quit because we already invested. But that can actually work against our better future because that might be a dead end. And we just wasted a bunch of time, resources where it could be succeeding somewhere else. So that's what it is about, right? So quitting is a strategy, folks. Do not 
always just follow the course of action because that can be a dumb course of action. And another thing about quitting, you might pursue the same goal, but with different strategy, different different way of doing things. And that's a lot of times when you're passionate about idea or something you want to bring to life, you need to do. Keep the idea. Keep the goal in mind. Keep reaching for your North Star, but go there a different way. And so, yeah, that's what they wrote about in Big Think, comparing quitting as a strategy for humans and then comparing that to strategy, to that strategy in the animal kingdom. I found it fascinating, made me think again, like, okay, how can I go about designing those quitting strategies in my life, in my business, in a better way? Because I'm definitely the kind of person who just sticks with it. And not always for the better outcome, to be honest, folks. So be smarter. The last but not least is about lightning in our rooms, in our apartments where we work. So the Washington Post came out with this article, the lighting in your home could be affecting your mood. You know, when they, um, a lot of times that uh, in publications that uh, maintain um, a more mature outlook, they don't want to have clickbaits, you know, just those articles that sound too good to be true, but not really. So they use this language. The lighting in your home could be affecting your mood, even though all the scientific research, folks, shows that it does affect your mood. Dumb lighting, what I call it, dumb, will affect your mood and also your sleep and your productivity. So in the article, they go... um, they talk about the research summarizing it that um, certain kind of light, full spectrum, especially natural light, positively affects our daily productivity, right? If you sit by the window or uh, maybe outside area, you sit in a room that is brightly lit, um, it can be, you know, ideally natural light is the best, but then there are also light bulbs that imitate natural light. They call them full spectrum um light solutions or light bulbs, and you can purchase easily those light bulbs in any hardware store, this full spectrum light. And it's usually cooler. So another part of the article is that cooler light um, and that, you know, coolness has different names when you start buying light solutions, but cool light is for the day. It's... um, It's like daylight. When you get outside, it has more blue light in it. You're probably familiar with the concept like blue light, you know, red light, warm light, orange light. You know, it's all about the tint of your light. But when you usually go and buy light solutions, they will ask you about like cool light, you know, daylight, or um, it's night light and it's warm light. And so cool light is for the day, full spectrum light. The light that will resemble to the best uh, of its ability the light that we have outside. That is the best light to stay awake, to stay alert, to stay productive. And then we have warm light solution that are more yellowish and orange, and they create this cozy feeling. And that kind of light, first of all, you want to have it 
um, in the second part of the day, uh, when it's closer to sunset, maybe after, you know, four or five uh, p.m., a few hours before bedtime, you definitely don't want to have cool light because that actually interrupts with your melatonin and you will find it harder to fall asleep if you have cool and super bright light in your, for example, living room or in, even in your bedroom or maybe in your bathroom, you spend time there before sleep. It actually is destroying your melatonin, the one that your brain uses to make you fall asleep. So for your bathroom, for example, you got to have a solution that is, uh, maybe you have two solutions that is actually ideal. The cool light for the day, you know, to see yourself clearly, maybe to shave or do whatever you need to do. And then the warmer light for night. Maybe, you know, you want to take a shower at night, you want to take a bath, uh, maybe even candle solution. That's what I recommend actually to a lot of people who don't want to install different lights, right? Purchase a few candles that you can put in your bathroom and light them up at night so it doesn't destroy your melatonin so you sleep well. Also, um, if you have a living room where you spend your time at night or, you know, other parts of your apartment, maybe the whole apartment, you got to be able to have a different solution and switch on warmer, cozier light. Ideally, also in the article, they talk about that, that night light or evening light, it has to be below your eye level. It's kind of like resembles sunset, right? When the sun is really low in the sky and it's got to be warmer and it's got to be dimmer. Um, and again, as a traveler, as a digital nomad, I can tell you folks that I often have to kind of redesign the light solution uh, in my place. Like I always um, get some candles if they don't have any in the apartment for a restroom. So it, whenever I need to go to the restroom, in the later part of the day or maybe in the middle of the night, uh, you know, light doesn't shine into my eye, destroying that, you know, melatonin or whatever uh, sleep chemistry was going on, waking me up. Light is very potent um, when it comes to waking us up, uh, specifically cool light and bright light and blue light. And then in the rest of the apartment, I figure out a solution. Like right now here in Cape Town, in the apartment, the light is bright and they don't have any dimmers or switchers, but they have two small lamps uh, in the bedroom um, that are warm and, you know, they're small, they're not that bright. And so I left one in the bedroom and I put one in the living room. And so um, after 5, 6 p.m. for sure, I just turn on those and I turn off all the rest of the lights. And that's how I make sure that during the day I have this blasting blue light and I usually try to work by the window. And then at night I switch on those um, other lights to help myself transition to sleep into me and to make sure that my melatonin levels are where they need to be to help me fall asleep really, really fast. And also, folks, don't forget, if you have some sort of like here, they do, and I covered it, they have those displays for air conditioning, and they're super bright, like super bright, like brighter than um, the lamp that I turn on, um, you know, preparing for sleep, like super bright, super blue. So I just covered them in, like, I actually covered them with a couple of napkins, and, you know, well, it's ingenious solution, but it works. Um, I can still, you know, turn it on and off, and, um, 
but it doesn't shine that bright. So those will also disrupt your circadian rhythm, your melatonin production if you look at them later at night. So just be aware of that. And of course, your screens, your phone, your computer, all of that is also going to be affecting your um, receptors in your eye and your sleep. So the article was about, you know, affecting your mood, but light, folks, it affects so much more than your mood. Your alertness, your wakefulness during the day, you want to have a lot of natural light, you want to have blue light, you want to have bright light, but especially beneficial for your mood, full spectrum cool light. Light solution that will resemble the light outside. So if you want to design better light in your house that will promote a wakefulness and alertness, for example, during the day, then look for full spectrum cool light or daylight. Um, they have different names, but if you go to a you know, store where they sell different light solutions, they will know what you talk about. And you can also purchase them online, daylight or full spectrum light lamps. Uh, and that's it for today, folks. Today we talked about mind-body connection that got physical and scientific we talked about walnuts and fermented foods and how quitting might be a great strategy. We talked about light solution for daily productivity and great night of sleep. And of course, amazing mood if you follow the rules. I hope you found a lot of useful things you can think about and apply to your life. Like if you struggle with sleep, you know, I always ask people, okay, like what's your light situation? Where do you spend your time before bed a couple of hours, right? Where do you spend your time during the day? Because the light during the day, if it's poor, it will actually change the way your brain chemistry works, how your circadian biology works, and that will change the quality of your sleep and your daily mood. So um, all of these things work. And, um, you know, start eating fermented foods, walnuts, if especially if you already struggle with your focus, HGHD, or your mood, you, you know, kind of all over the place. So fermented foods are very, very beneficial. And think about quitting also. Quitting uh, on a course of action that doesn't work isn't a bad strategy. It's a very, very smart strategy. And usually you would want to design it before or at the beginning of getting into anything. Again, especially as an entrepreneur, you want to define your quitting strategy. Again, not on your dream necessarily, unless you want to, and it doesn't make any more sense, but on the course of action to get you there. It's kind of like, you know, trying to get to South Africa and deciding, well, shape a plane, um, you know, more or walking, and you realize, well, there is a whole ocean between Brazil and Cape Town. So I'm definitely not walking. Uh, there are better ways to get to your goal. That's all, all I'm saying. And thank you folks for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Apply, ask questions. And of course, if you found this episode to be useful and you like other people to learn this, to apply so they get better, please do share. And also by reviewing and rating uh, this podcast on whichever platform you find it on, you will also help me to share, to spread, and to together we can make the world a better place. So that being said, have an awesome Monday. You'll hear from me very, very soon. Have a productive day, productive week, and stay smart, stay brainy, and stay tuned.